0: Uh, we are in the book, uh, Old Testament book of Judges, and uh, we're going to be looking at Samson today. Samson lessons from the life of Samson. So it's going to take a few weeks. I'm asking you that you'd be here for the next couple of weeks because there is more to come besides today. Today is really a bit of an overview uh, and an introduction to Samson here. So one of the things I love about Samson is uh, he was a very kind of he was strong. But other than that, he was not like a special saint there. Uh, You could relate to him if you're a regular person. Really, he, in many ways of his life, he's a lot like us. Uh, We're a lot like him. He had this spiritual experience where he was kind of zigzagging in and out, up and down, all over the map. And really, Samson's like a superhero. A superhero uh, who loses his cape, but nonetheless, a superhero— And so uh, we're going to talk about him today. There's four chapters of the Bible devoted to him, more than any other judge. And judges were deliverers, they were leaders, not like what we think of judges. But four chapters devoted, one-fifth of the book of Judges is dedicated to him. And so in our passage today, uh, we're going to look and unpack Uh, Samson again I'm going to do an overview and then we're going to go back the next couple of few weeks and talk more about it so if you're able to stand to your feet we're going to read Judges chapter 13 beginning with verse 1 which I will read and then you will read the following verse it says this Judges chapter 13 verse 1 again the Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight so the Lord handed them over to the Philistines who oppressed them for 40 years And the angel of the Lord appeared to Menorah's wife and said, Even though you've been unable to have children, you will soon become pregnant and give birth to a son. You'll become pregnant and give birth to a son, and his hair must never be cut, for he will be dedicated to God as a Nazarite from birth. He will begin to rescue Israel from the Philistines. And the spirit of the Lord began to stir him. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. I pray that you would stir our hearts as we look at it this morning. I pray that we would hear the voice of God through the word of God. I pray that you would send a spiritual awakening to us personally and to the land uh, like no other that we've ever seen. I pray that you'd be getting a hold of our lives and we would experience you and walk with you and draw near to you and that you would be real to us, and that you would do only what you could do in us and through us, and that you would do this and more, we ask, in Jesus' name. And everyone agreed by saying? Amen. So I want us to see this about Samson. Samson is an individual who had it all. Samson is a Bible character who had the most promising start to his life. Uh, but then his life was a was an outflowing of one dumb move after another. We're going to trace his life. We're going to look at his mistakes. We're going to learn from his mistakes this morning. I feel that they are, all of them are significant, applicable to everyone's life, uh, regardless of how long you've been in church, regardless really uh, if you're a church goer. So we're going to look at Samson and we read that the spirit of God began to stir his heart, that the Lord was with him. Uh, He's like a young adult. He's like a teenager uh, uh, when we first talk about him in uh, Judges chapter 14. But we see that God's blessing rested upon him. And you can feel like, well, God's blessing is resting upon me. But you're also going to see that even though God's blessing is upon him, he absolutely screwed up his life. He destroyed his life. If a man had it all, it was Samson. If a man ever had every advantage that life had to offer, it was Samson. Uh, It says here, verse, uh, I'm sorry, chapter 13, uh, is meant to impress upon us the great advantages that he had in his life. For example, his birth is announced by the angel of the Lord, who turns out to be God himself, like, like Jesus. He was a man set apart at his birth, taking the vow of a Nazarite. He was a man whose mission in life was chosen by God to deliver God's people through Samson. He's a man who was raised in a godly home by godly parents who dedicated him to God and wanted him to cooperate with God. He was blessed by God as a young child and a young man. He was empowered by the spirit of God. And that didn't happen all the time in the old Testament. And so, no one, no man, no woman had as much going for them as Samson. His story is a legendary story. It has been told over and over and over again throughout the course of a 100 plus generations. This is also, we're going to look at the story of Samson and Delilah uh, and the stuff of real human drama. It is one of the great classic pieces and of tragedy in all of literature, secular or sacred. Samson had it all. Here's a guy who has enormous, seemingly unlimited potential, chosen by God before he was born, uh, uniquely gifted by God for the work that he was to do. But then there's the tragedy of Samson's life. He started with everything, and he lost it all. The one who in high school would have been the most likely To succeed. And yet he screwed it up so bad that he ends up dying, living the life of an animal, and dying as a death there in the temple of Dagon of the Philistines. My mother was voted most likely to succeed in high school. My mother was voted best personality in high school. My mother was the queen of the Los Angeles county fair. She was the homecoming queen uh, two years, and my mother ended up homeless. And I've lived with the reality of that all of my life. So this story is personal to me for someone who had it all, who could have been great and flirted with it, but screwed up his life. Four chapters the writer tells us about his rise and his fall. It's a story that is overflowing with drama, full of love and sex and intrigue and violence and passion and strange twists of fate. Story about how he takes the jawbone, it's on your worship guide, the jawbone of a donkey and kills a thousand Philistines. Killed another 30 Philistines when he was paying off a gambling debt. It's an incredible story here. So we're going to look at this. Judges chapter 13, verse 1, sets the scene. And again, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. Seven times they did evil in the eyes of the Lord. Seven cycles where they end up uh, in bondage because uh, they would be in bondage and they cry out to God then they would be delivered and then they would go back into bondage. So the Lord delivered them into the hands of the Philistines for 40 years. So Philis, the Philistine people were on the coast there and, so, and they, they had God's people under their thumb. Uh, they were in bondage to them and Samson uh, was the one that was to del- to deliver God's people from them. So we're going to look then at Samson's life. We're going to look at the steps that Samson uh, uh, had that were that was a downward trajectory, and how we can avoid that. The expectations for his life were absolutely off the charts. Uh, he was an amazingly gifted man. His 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 uh, abilities were immense. So he took the Nazareth code, which we talked about, and you may have heard about this, but that was you were never to cut your hair, showing your dedication to God. You were never to touch a dead body, and you were never to touch alcohol. And I'm talking no Coronas, no Miller Lite, no grape juice, you know, so uh, no, no grape juice at all. So uh, now I want to just give a brief word. Again, this is an overview, but I want to give a brief word here because if his story tells us anything, his story tells us that he was raised to honor God. And his parents were devoted and dedicated to that. And so he has, we see in chapter 13, this godly heritage, an absolutely godly heritage, godly parents who wanted more than anything else for him to fulfill God's purpose and plan for his life. They prayed for him. Uh, uh, they, They lived a godly life before him. They did all of the right things that parents could do that would position him that he would follow Yahweh. And yet Samson went his way. And yet, in light of that heritage, Samson drifted far from God and all that to say this, that it still happens today. And as soon as Samson was born, the last verse over his life says this, that we read, And the Lord blessed him, and the Spirit of the Lord began to move upon him. And I want us to see what happens immediately after that, because the first lesson that I have about Samson is this. It's not how you begin, it's how you end that matters most. It's not how you begin, but how you end that matters most. It's how you finish the race, to finish well. Samson had this great beginning, but he squandered his godly heritage and his immense potential. Kids today raised in godly homes with godly heritages do the very same thing. And you look at how his life ended, and he's enslaved. He has his, his eyes gorged out. His head is shaven. Uh, he's humiliated. His strength is gone. He's bound with shackles, grinding at a mill like ox, reduced to the work of an animal. So he's gone from flirting with levels of drama to now his death. And some of us Uh, your story is the exact opposite of Samson. Maybe your beginning is you've had a pretty good beginning. I feel by the grace of God that that's true of my own life, that I've had a a pretty good beginning, a rough patch with the family, but a pretty good beginning. Yet some of you, it's on the front side where you've made decisions you wish you could take back. Uh, You've made choices that you regret. Uh, You have those broken relationships that you wish weren't part of your past. You hear the whisper of the voice saying, you're not good enough. Look at your past. Look at what you've done. So, but I want to encourage us to begin to live life from here on out, uh, building this essential life lesson into your life, that it is not how you begin, but how you end that makes all the difference. Samson's life screams that to us today. It's how you finish that matters. So I have a video that I want to show you at the end of a guy by the name of David Gold, who's a homeless man, lost in drugs and alcohol. We're going to see how how his life was redeemed. His start was terrible like Samson, but the end, I think, is riveting. So we're going to continue walking through the story of Samson's life. Again, this is an overview. But uh, it says in chapter 13, the Lord blessed him, and the Spirit of the Lord began to move upon him. And so now, after that, imagine this. Here we are in chapter 14, verse 1, and it says this. After that, the Spirit of the Lord is upon him, says this. One day, Samson was in Timnah. One of the Philistine women caught his eye. Time out. I thought we just read there that God was blessing him. I thought we just read that the Spirit of God was upon him, And now we read his first act as as a young adult is that now he's chasing the Philistine women who are the absolute enemy of the Israelites. How could it be that Samson now, he's away from home, he's away from godly influences, he's away from his godly parents. Samson goes to the wrong place, Timnah. That's where the enemy is, looks for the wrong girl, goes down to the Philistine country, it's about a four-mile walk there, uh, but it not only is going down geographically, but it's going down spiritually, it's going down mir- uh, morally. It's just—it's a reference point here to his life. that Now he's on this downward trajectory when we just read that God was blessing him and God, the Spirit of God was upon his life here. And so as soon as Samson is out of the chute, what does he do? Godly heritage. His life goes south. He goes down to Timnah, and, so, and he's declining in his decision-making there. Samson is living completely consumed by what? By his senses. Not the, not the example that he was given. And he's setting himself up for failure, you can see in the very beginning. And when you go to the wrong place, you're going to meet the wrong people. He's now in the camp of the Philistines, the enemy camp. What happens here is Samson had this thing for Philistine woman, so he sees this Philistine babe, and without even knowing anything about her, he tells his parents, I'm going to marry that woman. Go figure. So I could tell a story, but I'm going to resist telling a story, but sometime I will tell the story. It says here that when he returned home, he took his father, uh, he told his father and mother, A young Philistine woman in Timnah caught my eye, and I want to marry her. Get her for me. So Samson is all smiles, and he thinks he's found the woman of his dreams. But the dream turns into crazy levels of drama, and ultimately, what was in him at this moment, his weakness for Philistine women, would lead to his death. How much drama could be avoided, friends, if we would only listen to wise counsel? He's setting himself up. We're going to talk about it in the next few weeks, the levels of drama. See, uh, what happened here to uh, Sammy boy is he's drifting away from God. He has every advantage imaginable, but rather, even though the spirit of the Lord is with him, rather than being spirit-driven, he's hormone-driven. He's driven by what he sees. He's driven by his impulses. Rather than seeking wise counsel that he had available to him, he rejects it. Rejects his parents' advice. Okay, rather than seek God, there's nothing anywhere about his seeking God. Verse 3, his father and his mother objected. Isn't there even one woman in our tribe or among the Israelites you could marry, they asked? Why must you go to the pagan Philistines to find a wife? The parents are not happy. The parents could not be more displeased with the choice here, the bad news that he's given to them, bad idea. Why was it a bad idea? It's a bad idea because of this. The parents knew, and Samson should have done, the children of Israel were explicitly commanded not to seek husbands or wife from the surrounding pagan area, including the Philistines. And the reason was clear. They will steal your hearts. They will steal your heart away from God. So the scriptures then were replete with, with reasons not to do that. But Samson decided to ignore what God had said. And this there was the warning not to do this. And I would say to you that if you're a Christ follower, here's just the bottom line. You're a Christ follower. You need to marry somebody. You need to go for somebody that loves God, that loves Jesus as much as you do. And so it would, and here's what I also want to say to you, to the single, single crowd here this morning. It would be better to be single than to wish you were single. Don't forget that. It would be better to be single than to be married and wish you were single. And so Samson told his father, hey, go get go get her for me. She looks good to me. It's all about what I want and when I want it, and that's what I want, and I will not be uh, held back from that. So Samson, primary driver of his life. You can see why he's setting himself up for failure, because it's all about what pleases him, all about his impulses. So he rejects the godly counsel of his parents, and in doing so, he ultimately is rejecting God's counsel, because they are reflecting and telling him what God's counsel is. So Samson is making an incredibly stupid mistake here, and he he makes one mistake after another. He is out of control, and we're seeing the seeds of his being out of control, which will come to a greater expression in further chapters. So he's not going to let anybody keep him from what he wants, not his parents, not his God, not anybody. So he rejects their counsel. So life lesson number two is this: follow godly counsel. The Bible puts it this way. The Bible puts it this way, and I'll preface it this I'll preface it this way. If you want to be blessed in your life, then follow this. And it says this: Blessed is the one who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. It goes on to say a few other things, but I want to park right there that if you want to be blessed in your life, there is counsel which you reject. Maybe you're respectful, but you reject it. Okay, blessed is one who there is counsel out there that is from the ungodly. And so all of that counsel there, you don't want to follow that counsel. You want to follow God's counsel. And so, but Samson walked in the counsel of the ungodly, and it not only caused him drama, but it cost him his life there. So moving forward, a key now to Samson's story, again, this is an overview, is found in Judges 15.20. Watch this. Look at this. It's easy to skip over this and not realize the immense implications of this verse. It says this. Now Samson led Israel for how long? One more time? 20 years in the days of the Philistines. We're just talking about when he was a young adult, maybe maybe 20-ish or so. So now 20 years... Uh, after he burst on the scene. Now this is a verse that's telling us that he's led Israel for 20 years. 20 years prosperity, 20 years basic relative freedom, the Philistines there. And now at the age of 40, he begins to take another turn. Uh, What I want us to see is the seeds that were in him when he was 20 are still in him when he's 40. He's not dealt with his life. So there's a great message here for all of us. What has he done between 20 and 40? He's got anger issues, big time anger issues where his friends would say, man, growing up, man, that Samson, he was hot tempered. He was quick tempered. And uh, man, you, you didn't want Samson to get mad at you. His buddy would say, yeah. And you know what? He only had one weakness. Anything that wore a skirt, you know, ha, <laughs> ha, And they're laughing about that there. And so, uh, man, the guy's got a weakness for Philistine women. But uh, the truth of the matter is, is Samson has not put these problems behind him. Everything that's true at 20 is true at 40. All he's done is cover them up. All he's done is like us. We ignore things. We pretend that they're not there. We kind of push them away there. All bitterness, anger, resentment, uh, our character issues there. So he's never really dealt with any of his problems that plagued him in the beginning there. And the same problems are going to come and trip him up again. 20 years later here that he refused to deal with. How about you? All of us in here, you've got issues, you've got problems. uh, And uh, so are you willing to say, I have a problem? He was not. He was not willing to say, yeah, I had a problem back there at Timnah. I had a problem chasing those Philistine women. No, it never happened. He wanted to forget what happened. He wanted to pretend that those things really didn't happen. And now, 20 years later, he's thinking, I don't have to worry about those things anymore. Yes, you do. Those things are going to cost you your life. You just never dealt with them when you were 20 years old. And so now we're going to come up again, and the same problems, the Philistine women that he's going to sleep with, the prostitute, and then Delilah are going to destroy him. Life lesson number three. Unless we deal with our problems, they'll come back to haunt us again and again and again. The Bible says these things were written for us. This was written for us. You deal with your problems or they're going to come back to haunt you. Relationship after relationship after relationship. And so unless we deal with the real issues in our lives, unless we really get down to kind of a a ground level with our problems, unless we get down to the level as, what am I really like? What am I really like in this relationship? Until we do that, those problems are going to come back again and again. See, 20 years may pass, but the problems still persist. Do we see this? The problems will still persist here. So many of you, uh, you've dealt with real problems. I'm just going to throw out a few, but maybe it's anger or bitterness. Maybe it's an unforgiving spirit. Maybe it's an undisciplined life. Maybe like Samson, it's lust or uncontrolled passion. And like Samson, many who kind of lift it up, sweep it, under the carpet there, hasn't bothered me for this season of life, hasn't bothered me for a year or two years. Well, hey, it didn't bother him for 20 years, okay? And yeah, you think like, I think, I think I'm think i better, but yet hit the fast forward button and I promise you, if you don't deal with it, you will still be angry. You will still be stubborn. You will still be bitter. You will still be resentful. You will still be greedy. You'll still be filled with lust. You'll still be self-centered and self-willed here. You will still be what you were like Samson 20 years earlier. And so because Samson does not deal with his problems, they come back to haunt him. Uh, Once again, we're going to see next week, he gets wrapped up in the wrong relationship with Delilah. And this one's going to get him even more trouble. The stakes are even higher. Samson decides he he can, hey man, I played around with those Philistine women 20 years ago, and I can play around with them again. Same story, just hit the fast-forward button 20 years, and now it's going to be not just drama, but now your death. So he never dealt, for example, he never dealt with his arrogance. And so recognizing that, uh, he's all self-confident, and cocky and all that, but he was arrogant and he never dealt with it. So when I was in my 20s, I had some people tell me I filtered it as confidence, but they filtered it as arrogance. I had people tell me, you know, I kind of I feel like you're arrogant. kind of feel like you're, you're arrogant. And I thought, well, maybe there's some truth to that. Maybe it's not. It's good to be confident. But maybe, maybe it's not. Maybe it, it is arrogance. So I took that to God, and I said, God, have said, then, would you humble me? And that became my prayer for many decades. God, would you humble me? And so, uh, so. but if we don't deal with those things that people say, hey, you know what? I see this to be true about your life, hey, you know, and you ignore it and you deflect it then what's gonna happen is you're gonna be like Samson and it is the same road, just 20 years down the road. He sees her, he wants her, just like Timnah. Okay, he falls in love with her and suddenly suddenly he's beginning not only to go down like Timnah, now he's going down, down, down again. And his problems are coming to haunt him again and again and again. It is the same story, just a different chapter. And it is no shock. It is no surprise that after all these years, the same thing Samson struggled with then is the same thing he's struggling with now. So all that to say this is we need another illustration. We need not only to learn from his life, okay, but a greater than Samson. So 1,100 years later, after Samson, Jesus of Nazareth shows up. Like Samson, he was born miraculously. Like Samson, Jesus has incredible strength, but his is over demons and death and disease. And like Samson, Jesus was betrayed by someone who acted like a friend and handed him over to Gentile oppressors. Like Samson, Jesus was beaten and tortured and put on public display, and like Samson, he was mocked. And like Samson, Jesus would die with his arms outstretched. And like Samson, when it looked like Jesus was defeated, he would actually defeat the enemy and Jesus rose from the dead. But unlike Samson, Jesus was not put in chains for his sins. Jesus uh, died for your sins and my sins. Samson was a strong man made weak by his own sin. Jesus is a mighty God who voluntarily saved us from the chains of our sin. And so, this is the really good news. Because if you really want to be honest with yourself, we all have shades of Samson within us. We are all like Samson to different degrees. And so. <clears throat> We're all people, in other words, driven by our past, driven by our lust, struggling with our anger, struggling with our issues. And so, which means, leads me to the final point. Samson teaches us that it's never too late to cry out to God. Judges chapter 6, verse 22, it's so important. Would you look at this with me? Look at this. The hair on his head began to grow after it had been shaved. Immediately after he failed... Colossal failure before God immediately, his hair then is beginning to grow again. And so it says in Judges 16, 28, then, listen, then Samson prayed. This is the only time we ever have recorded in four chapters that he prays. Then finally, at the end of his life, then Samson prayed to the Lord, oh, sovereign Lord, remember me, please, God. He's crying out to God, strengthen me. And there he is the temple of Dagon, and we're going to talk about it next week, with 3,000 of the enemy and all their lead, all their leaders. And there he is, tied between two pillars, knowing that if he pulls them down, the temple will come down. And he's praying one last time, let me this get one last blow, get it revenge on the Philistine who took out my eyes. And here is the final lesson. It is never too late to return to God. Never too late to cry out to him. No matter where you have been in your journey, no matter where you've been in your spiritual journey, it is never too late. So I said that I was going to show you a story about a man who started off poorly, who lived on the streets, whose life story, a homeless man in Saratorga, Florida, that one day there was an art gallery and they put a piano on the sidewalk. And this disheveled, Homeless man sits down on the piano and begins to play, Come Sail Away. And his music begins to catch some of the passerbys that this disheveled man who was living under a bridge. And you just look at him, it's like, but he was an ex Marine, but he went into depression when his wife committed suicide. And he responded to that by, by being lost in alcohol and drugs. So his three year old son, was taken away from him by social workers. He'd be, re- be reunited with that son 15 years later. But I want to show you this because it, it just captures the story of it's not just the beginning, but it's how you end the journey here. And I think it's a beautiful symbol of like, this song was going off inside of him, and then, it, then he had the opportunity to, to release the song that was inside of him. And so... Um, there's David Gold, and lying under a bridge, sleeping for years, this homeless guy, addicted. One day, everything changes for him. Somebody took a, a, a video of him with their, their iPhone, and uh, there's been something like 16 or 17 million views of the guy that an hour earlier was underneath the bridge. But it illustrates the point in his coach, was a Christ following woman who's a life coach for him and helping him along the journey. I've watched some of his videos and makes reference to her and reference uh, to God. But Here's a guy, man, his start was horrific, like Samson. Those don't need to be the final words over your life. They started to go fund me, and in a short amount of time, there was $100,000 for the homeless guy. Got him off the streets cleaned him up, got him off drugs in a very short amount. It was like, I mean, it was like a, like a month or something. He was uh, playing the national anthem for the San Francisco 49ers in front of like 75,000 people. And so it's really, it's how you finish. And so I hope that you have got something out of the introduction to Samson. I hope you'll be here next week because next week and the week after are going to continue to build. So let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for everyone here whose lives are characterized and those watching online by some kind of Samson-like weakness. Lord, may we recognize it is how we end that matters most. May we follow godly counsel. May we not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. May we deal with our problems and not be looking at them 20 years later. Grant that we might have a better estimate of our weaknesses than Samson. Help us to see that what happened to him, shades of it, could happen to us. Lead us to a place where we will yield our lives and our desire to you. May we say, unlike Samson, may we say, Here I am. You can have all it. all. You can have it all. I'm available to you. With open hands, I say, yes, Lord, may these words be written over our lives. In Christ's name, amen.